river come to the river and it's washed in the river and then the next song was about testify i'm going to share something that's very personal to you to me but i believe it's going to bless you Two weeks ago today, my mom transitioned to her eternal home in heaven with my dad, who's been there seven years, and with Jesus. We went to a True Bridge retreat um, after we left here, while well, we were here Sunday. And when we were, it was at one point, they asked us to uh, pull into a little circle and have ministry for one another. And we were praying for a woman in that circle, and someone said rivers of life or whatever. And I didn't have an open vision of my mom in heaven, but I saw it in my spirit. She was by the river. I know dad was there, but the focus was on mom. And uh, she was tall and slender, red hair. Uh, interestingly enough, my dad had jet black hair. Quite a combination. But anyway, she, there was such joy. And she was by this river and she, here. She went like this in the waters and she was Flashing it up on her face, and she had her mouth open. It's like some of the water was getting in. And yet after she splashed, there was no wetness around. But the joy that she had and that joy got put in me. <laughs> I love it. And so this morning, of all the songs they could sing, it was the songs that were so personal to me. So that shows me how much the Lord loves me. So I want to testify. Amen. And he does so love us. He does so in those little things. Yes. You know, he just does those things. He does. Last, last night, I went in the spa. I go very quickly to the spa and out of the spa, <laughs> to the house. But, uh, you know, normally I, I just have my eyes closed and I'm praying or whatever. <clears throat> and, uh, but, I... I had the thought, you know, there's a thing sometimes out there, the Lord will speak things to me, and I just had the thought, a falling star or whatever, meteor, I opened my eyes, whoosh. Did anybody else see that last night? <laughs> it was... <laughs> it just was like half a second, I suppose. And there it was. And it was another God moment, just like that. 
And uh, he does that. He wants to do that. He wants to. Um, the scripture for our blessed life moment this morning is First Timothy six seventeen to nineteen. And I'm just going to read the scripture. And the word I got there was to marinate in this scripture. That word means to steep, to soak, to souse or souse. What is it? Souse or souse? Immerse, marinate, bathe. And these are instructions that Paul gave to Timothy, who pastored the church in Ephesus. And I was just going to show you that, the picture of Ephesus, if we could put that up there. And this is, you know, this is where, on the, on the western end there, and uh, some of our team has been there before. And uh, it's a, that's where it is. But here it is. This is the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth, but on God who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good reserve for the age to come so that they may take hold of life that is real. And now let's go to the next. I think it's God's Word translation. Yeah, let's go back to that, Anthony. I didn't know that was on there, but Derek Prince's definition for the word rich, having full supply for my personal needs and enough to give to others. Okay, now let's go to the next one. Tell those who have the riches of this world not to be arrogant and not to place their confidence in anything as uncertain as riches. Instead, they should place their confidence in God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Tell them to do good, to do a lot of good things to be generous and to share by doing this, they store up a treasure for themselves, which is a good foundation for the future. In this way, they take hold of what life really is. And we'll just stop with that scripture there <clears throat> today. And we're thankful for the opportunity to give and we do it as unto the Lord, really. We give physically into the boxes in the back, but really it's spirit. We as a spirit being are giving, and really it's unto our high priest, Jesus himself, that we give. We do have, as we've noted a few times, there's special offerings we're giving to right now for some things we're going to be doing in the spring with the church and then also hoping to get a sign out by the highway so people can see and be, I believe the Lord's going to use that to call people in 
and eventually even to eternal life through that. Uh, I really do. But Lord, we, we do, as we do give our tithes and offerings, we give them as unto you from our hearts. We give because we want to. You just put that in us, in that new creation. And we're so thankful for the opportunity. And we do, we do love you so much. And we thank you that you give us the supply of things that we need. You richly give them, as we just said, to enjoy. We thank you that that's your heart. But Lord, we don't want to hoard it. We want to give it. We want to give is unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Joyce mentioned, um, hi, Joan. Give just a word of instruction. Um, when you um, put your offerings or, or whatever in the boxes, if they're for anything other than just the general offering, please make sure you write on the envelope um, because Anna will come to me, what do you think this one's for? <laughs> and so if even if we've taken a special offering for something, if you don't write on the envelope, it's going to go into the general fund because we don't know what your intentions were. Yeah. Very good, very good note and point. Um, uh, we did attend the Truebridge Pastors Retreat this last week it was very good. Once again, very good teachings. The theme this year is the Holy Spirit. There were good teachings on healing and and deliverance and those kind of things being led by the Spirit. And then we went down to Leota. There were some things we had to do there with Joyce's family as well. And uh, we did we made it ahead of the storm back. The winds were 20 miles an hour from the south on Wednesday and 40 miles an hour from the north on Thursday. So we decided to go <laughs> on Wednesday and we blew home basically. And that was good. Uh, hallelujah. It's snowing again outside. I just, Aaron, thank you for scooping the snow all around the church yesterday. Uh, as as Aaron was doing it, he told Joyce, yeah, I hear it's supposed to be one to three inches tomorrow again, so maybe you can find some more recruits to help you with it to spread it out. So. And then uh, the Vikings. What are the Vikings? It's not a joke, no. <clears throat> Although I did get a book of jokes from Grandma Rose, from Mom Rosebaum's house, and they're they're supposed to be ones for church, and so I'm going to be looking through those. And might have a few good ones there for us. But uh, Kent and Chantel are there today at the Vikings game. They're going to be. You know who the Vikings are, right? <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know if there's any others from our church. Somebody asked me what difference does prayer make for that, you know, if there's more people praying for the Vikings or more people praying for the saints and so forth, does that make a difference? 
Well, you know what? I know that God is intimately involved in people's lives, and he is with those folks on that football field today. And uh, so whatever that difference that makes. You've seen the announcements there. I'm not going to go over those again, I don't believe. Uh, we send out the emails. If you don't get them, let us know, or it's posted on Facebook. Uh, ask to be a friend with our, our, our site there on Facebook. If you aren't, you get them all right there. So, hallelujah. I think that's it. And I'm going to ask Vicki to come up here now. And uh, Vicki's going to share some things that have been stirring in her heart. Some of it she was telling me this morning for like three years, right? And uh, so thank you, Lord, for just your anointing and your abilities to come forth. And may we have ears to receive revelation knowledge as Vicki shares with us. Well, let's just give her a greeting here. Clap. Am I on? Okay. Is this in the right spot? Okay. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the things that God has put in my heart have, they're just things that he's, that have been building in my heart actually for, for probably three, four years. And um, um, it kind of started with this little CD series, Beliefs, Belief Systems of the Heart which I highly recommend. So I just wanted to show that with you, um, show that to you. I'd like to pray before I start. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it's powerful, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would anoint the words of my mouth. And I ask, Lord, that you would give me clear thinking, Lord, as I, pray, as I share the things you've put in my heart, Lord. And I ask that you would anoint our ears to hear and that you would anoint our hearts to understand, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, so what I want to share with you today <clears throat> is about an amazing thing that God put within every one of us, and that's our heart. And how incredibly powerful that heart is. Um, Jesus, basically our heart, our heart grows whatever we put in it. It's like the soil of the ground. When you plant a seed in the soil, it grows. And so when whatever we put in our heart, God gave our hearts the ability to grow. Jesus tells the parable of the sower sowing seed in different kinds of ground, and he actually tells it in three of the Gospels, in Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. And... Through that parable, he gives us pictures of the different kinds of conditions of hearts and how they receive the word. So let's just look at Matthew 13, slide one. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And then Jesus interpreted that or um, gave the meaning of it. He said, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When someone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. And so he's starting right off to 
really give a, the picture that our heart is, is like soil that things get planted in. And now let's look at Mark 4. Um, that's the next slide. So right after telling the parable of the sower and establishing that the soil is different kinds of hearts, different kind of conditions of hearts, then Jesus goes on to tell the second parable. And here's what he says. He says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seeds on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, take note of that, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full corner, full, full kernel um, in the head. So Jesus is saying that when, the, when something gets planted in our hearts, when seeds get planted in our hearts, whether it's God's word or something else, that it's going to grow. And whether we're sleeping or awake, it's just going to keep growing. And so it's an amazing ability that God has given our hearts. And again, it, it could be God's word or it could be anything else. Anything we put in our hearts, it's going to grow. And in the Strong's Concordance, the dictionary says that um, that the word for all by itself, it's autom automatos. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it almost sounds like automatic, right? And that's what it means. It means automatic. It's spontaneous. So all by itself, the soil produces grain. So all by itself, our heart is producing. It's having, that's the automatic response of our heart, is to grow what we put in it. And just to give you an example of the soil, um, it tries to grow whatever you put in it. Do you notice that, like, if you pick up a rock, the back side of the rock is moist? It's like that moisture is providing what is needed to grow something. Um, why do you think they treat poles that you put in the ground? Well, if they didn't, the ground would try to grow it. It would rot, right? And so basically, everything that you put in the ground, as long as there's moisture there, right? It's got the nutrition and the moisture. It's going to grow what you put in it. And that's what... God, that's the amazing ability that God gave our hearts. And so this is a really potent um, picture, a word picture that Jesus gives us. Um, and it also, um, it also, when we're planting God's word in our heart, it can help us in the area of resting, right? Because if we're, if we take the responsibility of planting God's words in our heart, then it's just going to automatically grow. So it's not like you have to strive and try to push or try to make something happen. Just keep feeding your heart God's word, and it's going to grow. Um, and the way that it grows and the way that we get it from here to here in our heart is not just reading it, but meditating on it, taking time to think about it, to focus on it. So any way we can get God's word in our heart, that's what we need to do. And also by obeying it. He said, be doers of the word. When you obey the word, that's also going to get it planted in your heart. And so your heart's going to become um, persuaded. And um, it just takes feeding it. And I want to talk about what the word 
faith and believe mean in the Bible? If you could put up, I think it's slide four, Anthony. Um, this is what this is. These this is the definition that the Bible gives for the words faith and believe. Um, faith means to convince, to rely by inward certainty. It's persuasion, conviction of religious truth. It's constancy in such a profession. And to believe means to have faith, which comes from persuasion, the other word, okay? And so I like that definition of faith. To me, it really simplifies it, that to have faith or to believe is simply to be persuaded. And so when you keep feeding your, God, your heart God's word, your heart becomes persuaded. And when your heart becomes persuaded, boom, you have it. Let's look at Mark eleven twenty two to 24. Jesus said, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Notice it's in his heart. But believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Um, there's a lot in that verse. I love that verse. But the main thing I want to just establish is um, what the words faith and believe mean. And so now I just want to put the word persuasion in that same verse. So now let's look at it again. The next slide, well, um, I've put in the word persuasion. Okay. So have persuasion in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but is persuaded that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, be persuaded that you have received it and it will be yours. Isn't that powerful? And so um, I want to point out that it's actually talking about being persuaded in your heart. Um, you don't believe with your mind. I mean, God gave us our minds. That's how we process things. But it has to actually move from our minds to our heart. Because if we just mentally assent to something and we're not really persuaded in our heart, it's really not going to do us any good. In fact, it's not going to produce. Like this, the soil in our heart is meant to produce. The soil of our heart is meant to produce. But it has to. the word actually has to be planted in our heart, not just not just in our minds. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. That's why Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three that when we don't doubt in our heart, but that when we believe, believe in our heart that what we say, it will actually be done for us. Now let's look at Proverbs 23, 7. The Bible said that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Did you know that your heart can think? That's something that I had to just kind of ponder, that our heart can think. It's what you think in your heart that you actually are. It's not what you think in your mind, but it's what you think in your heart. It's what, what you think in your heart, that's what you actually believe. And that's what you're actually persuaded is true is when it's in your heart. In Hebrews 4.12, the um, Paul points out that the heart has thoughts and attitudes. If you look at the last sentence of that verse, it says that the word of God, it says it, which is referring back to the word of God, judges or discerns the thoughts 
and attitudes of our hearts. So our minds and our hearts are, are, when it gets from our mind to our heart, that's what actually directs our life. That's what we're actually going to be acting out. Because, you know, that's why, you know, you hear people say certain things, oh, I believe this or I believe that. And then maybe a month later, it's like, well, you know, what has happened? It's like, oh, I knew it wasn't going to happen anyways. We'll see what they were telling you the first time was what was in their mind. But what they're telling you the second time was actually in their heart. They didn't actually believe it, believe that it was going to happen. Their heart wasn't actually persuaded. Those thoughts in our heart are our belief systems. They're our beliefs. We all have a ton of beliefs in our heart. And a lot of them we're totally unaware of, but we act out of those belief systems. Those are things that we're persuaded of in our heart. And a lot of those were formed, those belief systems were formed in our heart when we were just children. By probably, they say by the time you're five or six, that probably most of those belief systems have started to form. The, your belief systems are, those are the things you believe about everything, like what you, um, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about God, what you believe about the devil, what you believe about parenting, um, belief systems about what do you believe about marriage? You know, how should a marriage function? Those are coming out of your belief systems. Um, what do you believe about what a man's role should be and what a woman's role should be? You might not be thinking about it so much in your mind, but you operate out of what you, what you actually believe in your heart. What do you believe about God's forgiveness? Do you, does, truly in your heart, are you persuaded that... You don't have to earn it, that it's a free gift. You know, what do you believe about God's attitude toward you? Do you believe that he's mad at you? Do you kind of have this sense that he's just not pleased with you and you can never measure up? Or is your belief system that God really loves me and he's for me? You know, I may fail, I may blow it, but I can go running back to my daddy God and he opens his arms and he receives me. What is the belief system in your heart? What are you really persuaded of? If our belief system isn't in line with God's truth, then it's not going to produce the things of the kingdom of God in our hearts, right, or in our life, and that's what we want. Um, but praise God, we not only have a powerful heart, we also have God's powerful word, which is the seed that we want to plant in our heart. And his seed can totally uproot those wrong belief systems that are in our heart. It says in Hebrews 4.12 that God's word is living and active. Um, that word active, it means to work, to labor, to toil. And so to me, that's really encouraging that God's word in my heart is going to do the toiling, just like that picture, all by itself, even whether we're sleeping or whether we're awake. It keeps growing. So God's word will keep working in our heart. If we plant his word in our heart, it can totally transform those belief systems. Um, let's look at James 1.21. Actually, it's just the first verse, not to 25. Therefore, um, James said, get rid of all moral filth. What does that come from? A belief system, right? And the evil that is so prevalent. And what should we do? We should humbly accept or receive the word that's planted 
in you. Wow. Let's get God's word planted in our heart. And it says that when we do that, that it will save us. And that word save means to deliver, to protect, to heal, to make us whole. Basically, however we need to be saved, when we get God's implanted word in our heart, so like any area we struggle with, you know, I know, I mean, area in my life I've had to combat is fear, just fear of different things. And so I have been working for years to get God's word planted in my heart so I'm really persuaded, so I'll really trust him and not be fearful of different things. Um, and so... Um, the condition of our hearts is going to determine how we accept his word. That seed of his word, the condition of our heart is going to make a difference of, of how we receive it and whether the word is going to thrive in our heart or whether the word will die and not produce anything. So now let's look at the parable of the sower sowing the seed into the different um, conditions, into the different kinds of soil, which is basically different conditions of the heart. So Jesus is telling us about four different conditions of the heart, all right? And he presents it to us as conditions of the soil. So the first soil is hard. The second soil is shallow which represents a condition of the heart, which is just basically centered on ourselves. The next condition is weedy. It's just got a, that heart just has a lot of stuff in it. And the fourth heart, Jesus called the good and noble heart. It's fertile and it produces a crop. So let's take a look at each one of these conditions. The first one is a hard heart. Um, Luke 8, 5. So this is the parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on. Actually, that word trample, if you look down at the bottom of that slide, it says, if you can see it, it means to reject with disdain. And so that seed got trampled on, and the birds of the air came and ate it up. And so Jesus explains it. He said, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe, be persuaded, right? They don't get persuaded by it and be saved. When our hearts are hard, basically the word of God just bounces right off of it. It doesn't receive it. And here's just a couple things that could contribute to hardness of heart. It could be pride. Um, that we just think that our way of seeing things is the right way, and we just aren't open to seeing things any other way. And what do we do? We end up rejecting the word, right? Um, or it might be because we've been hurt. And when we get hurt, we harden our heart, and we close it off. Um, we close it off to people, and we can close it off to God, and that makes us unable to hear God's word and let it change us. And whether it be those two reasons our heart becomes hard or some other reason, um, it makes us unable to really receive God's word and to let that word penetrate our heart. And we may have certain parts of our heart that are hard 
in other parts that are not. And so I, I just thought that was interesting as I was going through this, you know, it can be just in certain areas of our life that we've got a hardness or there's a pride in that area or, uh, you know, a hurt that we're not willing to let God come in and bring about changes. Um, the second kind of heart that Jesus talks about is the shallow heart. It's basically one a heart that's just really centered on self. In Mark 4, it's another um, gospel that Jesus shares the parable in, some seed fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the seed, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. And so then Jesus explains it. Others, like seeds sown in rocky places, hear the word, and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root... They last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. An example could be like, um, you know, you're believing God. You want to be healed. And so you've taken some, you know, God's word about being healed, and um, it's in your head, you know, but your heart really hasn't become so persuaded. But then along comes someone who is like, oh, healing isn't for today. You know, it's not always God's will to heal, you know. And so it's like God's word is getting trampled on and you're being persecuted because of the word and then, I'll, then you let go of it. And so then your heart never really, really has the opportunity to be, to be persuaded. So um, when our hearts are centered on ourselves, so we can go to the next one, um, we, we might receive something with excitement, um, something God's word says, whether it's about healing or prosperity or um, relationships, and we may hold on to it for a while, but when then when trouble and persecution comes along, because of the word we have received, then we fall away from it. And so we don't want that to happen. Um, we want that seed to get the water that it needs so that it'll get the roots that it needs so our heart can become so persuaded that nobody can shake us from it. It's like deep down inside of us. Okay, the third kind of heart is the weedy heart the one that's got lots of stuff in it, okay? So Jesus said that other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still others, like the seeds sown among the thorns, I'm sorry, the thorns, <laughs> hear the word, but then what happens? There's some weeds that come in, worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things. They come in and they choke the word and they make it unfruitful. I thought I had the definition of choke here. Oh, okay, that's coming up next. Not yet. Okay, and so, so here's the weeds. Let's take a look at these different weeds. All this stuff that, these are belief systems, right? These weeds are different belief systems that are contrary to God's word. You've got the anxiety and the worry weeds. Okay, the definition of those are just the distractions, the distractions of life, and then just ha and having a troubled or an anxious state of mind that will, that will choke out the word of God. Then you got the deception weeds. That's having wrong or false beliefs, especially as Jesus says it here about our possessions. And the third kind of weed he talks about is, I call the longings weeds. That's a desire for things that, especially things that are forbidden, is how it's defined in the Greek. 
And so all those things can choke out the word. Now let's look at um, um, slide 17. Um, when we allow the weeds in our heart, the Bible says that it chokes out the word. And the Hebrew dictionary defines chokes as to strangle completely, to drown, or to crowd. So if we allow these things to stay in our hearts, what are they going to do? They're going to crowd out the word. They'll strangle the word. It will make the word unfruitful. When something gets strangled, it can't grow and it can't produce fruit. It won't bring to completion in our lives what we hoped would happen, whether that be God's love or freedom from fear, healing, his provision, healthy relationships, freedom from bad habits, freedom from sin. All those things are, are things that we need to take seeds from God's word and plant them in our hearts so they become persuaded. But if, if we let those weeds choke those things out, then those things will never ripen in our life and it won't produce anything in our life. Our hearts are made to produce this a main thing. I mean, this is like a main key thing. God made our hearts to grow whatever we put in it. So let's look at the last kind of heart. This is the noble and good heart, okay, Jesus called it. It's a fertile heart. It produces a crop. In Luke 8.8, 8, Jesus said, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more then was sown. Doesn't that give you the picture of the, the soil all by itself? All by itself. Whether you sleep or whether you awake, your heart is producing. It's producing what you've sowed in it. Okay, so Jesus interprets that. He says, but the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, who hear the word, who retain the word, and who by persevering produce a crop. And so let's unpack that a little bit more. <clears throat> How do we have a noble and a good heart? How do we keep our hearts fertile so that they produce good fruit? Well, number one, we've got to hear the word, right? Um, secondly, we need to retain it. And that word retain means to hold it down fast. And so when we get God's word, we need to hear it first, but then we need to hold it down fast. Hold on to it for everything you're worth. Don't let it go. Um, and then we need to persevere in it. And that is a picture of cheerful and hopeful endurance, just remaining constant in it. And then right after that, in Luke 8, 18, just a couple verses down, he says, to con consider carefully how you listen. So how are we listening to God's word? We want to listen like the person that has a good and noble heart. We want to listen. We want to listen in a way that we're hearing the word, we're holding on to it fast, and then we're persevering in it. Um, it says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has, and I emphasize has, whoever has, has what? Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, have what? Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. Well, the verses right in between the good and the noble heart and Jesus saying that to listen carefully, to, um, how do you say it? Um, to consider how we listen, um, they talk, Jesus talks about a lamp. He says, what do you do with a lamp? 
you put a lamp in a room so everybody can see, right? You don't put it under a bed. Um, and then he goes on to say that the things that are the things that are hidden in our hearts that they'll be disclosed, and the things that are concealed they'll be brought out into the open. Hmm, interesting. What are those things that are concealed and disclosed in our heart? Those are the things that are our belief systems, right? We really, we really just are unaware of a lot of belief systems we have. We Belief systems will be exposed um, by our actions, right? And they'll be exposed by words that come out of our mouth. And so we can start to examine, like, why did I say that? Or, man, where's that attitude coming from? Well, we've got the light of God's word to help disclose those things. And so I believe, that, I mean, when Jesus is saying he who has, he who has will be given more. So if you have God's light, his revelation, his understanding, and you receive that with a good and noble heart, you're going to have even more revelation. You're going to have even more understanding of the belief systems in your heart, right? And of God's word and what you need to plan in your heart so that you can get God's belief systems established in your heart. So his light is going to expose our belief systems. And that is a really good thing. I want him to expose the belief systems in my heart, the beliefs in my heart that are contrary to his word and to his truth, because those are the things that are causing me problems. Those are the things that are keeping me from victory. Those are the things that are keeping me from getting healed, from having healthy relationships, from being the kind of parent I should be, from having the same attitude toward myself that God has toward me. Psalm 119, 130, I love this verse. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So if we receive God's word with a good and noble heart, someone who hears his word, retains it, and perseveres with it, if we receive his word in that way, then guess what? going to get more revelation. We're going to get more understanding. He's going to uncover things that need to be uncovered. Rather than just live life and just wonder, you know, why is my life this way? Why am I not getting victory, you know? We can get it. We can get it. But if on the other hand, if we don't receive God's seed into our heart, if we aren't, if we aren't listening in the way that a good and noble heart listens by hearing the word, really retaining it and persevering in it, then what's going to happen? It says, Jesus said, whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. And then he gives us a picture of it in the parable before. He said, it'll be just like the seeds that are snatched away. God's word can just get snatched away if, if we don't hold on to it, if we don't have that good and noble heart and hear it in that way. What else will happen um, if we don't, that light can be snatched away just like the plant that withered because it didn't have any roots. Or the plant that was choked out by all those weeds. And so I say, Lord, I want to welcome in my heart your word. I want to welcome your light to shine in my heart so that I'll have more revelation, so that I can get your belief systems established in my heart so I can get your truth established in my heart because 
when we do that, our heart will produce things. It will produce things we really like. Um, you know, um, like even when you go to sleep at night, you can wake up in the morning and if God's word, I mean, I know just times that God's word has just been coursing through my heart and my mind. And I wake up and I'm, I'm writing things down. I'm excited. I've got the word in me. But there's other times when I've gone to bed you know, and I've let anxiety and worries, man, I got dreams that are stressing me out. I wake up, I don't feel refreshed. It's because what you plant in your heart, it grows, whether you're sleeping or whether you're awake. And so how do we welcome God's word in our heart? Just a couple, we've already been talking about it. You read his word, right? Listen to his word. Get a hold of his word, uh, whether you're listening to tapes or um, listening to sermons. Um, and I think the most powerful way to really get our hearts persuaded, to get his word planted in our heart, is to meditate on it, to just mull it over again and again in our mind. I, I have in my Bible, I'll show you my seeds, okay? Do I got them in here? Yeah, see, these are a whole bunch of my seeds. These are my seeds, things I meditate on, things from the word that I've got. I mean, they're always falling out of my Bible, and I have to find new places to put them, okay? Um, but... These, the seeds, if we meditate on his word, that's how our heart is going to get persuaded because we're focusing on the truth. Um, whatever you focus on, you actually empower in your life and you increase your capacity to see it. Like, for instance, they say, like, if you focus on pain, um, you'll actually be able to experience it even more, which none of us are thinking about that, that we want to do that. But it's true, when we focus on it, we 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 actually expand our capacity, we empower it, and we increase our ability to experience it, okay? And so the things that we focus on are the things that we're going to empower. The things we meditate on are the things we're going to empower. Basically, doubt is just meditating and focusing on the wrong things, right? Those are the weed things. Those are the weeds we want to get rid of, okay? So let's empower God's word in our heart. And then another way that we can really welcome a seed into our heart to get our heart persuaded is to obey it. Um, the next verse um, in James 1, um, after James 1.22 that I already said about God's word getting planted in our heart, um, the next verse says, do not merely listen to the word. I don't have a slide for this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves but do what it says. So we want to get God's word planted in our heart. When we do that, Jesus said that everything is possible for him who believes, who is, what, persuaded, okay? And so when we get his word planted in our hearts, basically nothing is impossible to us. But what we need to do is we need to guard and protect our hearts. This is the last scripture that I have to share here. Um, Proverbs 4 22, actually it should be 22 to, do I have it up there? It's 22 to 24. My son, or my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Does that sound like meditating? Uh-huh. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. See, that doesn't just happen automatically. You've got to protect and guard your heart. Above all else, guard, which means protect, your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. And that word wellspring also means like it's where life issues from. It's the source of life. 
Isn't that powerful? So I just want to get God's word. It makes me excited. It's like, wow, if I can just keep planting God's word in my heart, it's not like I have to strive so hard to get myself to believe because my heart is going to come, become persuaded. And when my heart is persuaded, then God's word is going to grow in my heart and it's going to produce the things that are the things of his kingdom. So this next slide, I want us all together to pray this, okay? So let's, let's pray this together. Ready? Holy Spirit, shine your light in my heart and expose belief systems that are weeds. Help me uproot them totally and completely and replace them with right belief systems that will grow and produce the kingdom, the fruit of your kingdom. Lord, I do pray that, Lord. Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one that makes your word alive to us, Lord. And Father, I ask this for myself and all my brothers and sisters here, Lord. Help us, Lord, to get your word planted in our heart. Lord God, I ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that, that we'll realize how powerful our hearts are and how our hearts affect everything that we do, what we grow in them, Lord. So help us to grow your good word in our heart, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Vicki, that was a very good teaching, uh-huh. and you're an excellent teacher. <laughs> Thank you. Really, that is the truth. So thank, aren't you thankful for the gifts <laughs> in the body of Thank Christ? You. Thank Hallelujah. you, Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with Thank us you, today. Thank mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Did you get all through everything? I did. You did? Well, I got tons of other stuff, but I got through what was in my notes. Well, some, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. It took me a little longer Hallelujah. than I was supposed to. I, no, 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 that's fine. Thank you. But um, if there is anyone that would like prayer, love altar ministers here, or you can pray wherever in the foyer to ministers, every believer a minister. And uh, there's not a meal, but there is coffee and goodies. I could smell them bake, smell something baking this morning. It smelled really good. So God bless you all and keep you. Trading punches with the heart of darkness, going to blows with your fear and